Support comes from Adelaide Interiors. Their design team can expertly manage every detail of your renovation and remodeling project from start to finish. From bathrooms to kitchens, appliances, cabinets, countertops, flooring, and coverings. More at Adelaide.com. Support for The Zest comes from People's Gas, delivering clean, efficient, and affordable natural gas for cooking at home with precise temperature control. More at floridasenergy.com. Use what you got, you know, and that's kind of what Make It Gravy means. I say Make It Gravy all the time. It's my slogan, um, and it really is just an empowerment statement for people to make it, whatever it is, make it gravy, make it pop, make it wow, you know, and that's, that's what I love to do. I'm Robin Sussingham, and this is The Zest. Citrus seafood, Spanish flavor, and southern charm, The Zest celebrates cuisine and community in the Sunshine State. Let's talk about real Florida food like a pie made out of Florida oranges and a salad that comes from the state's oldest Spanish restaurant. Today, we'll learn to make the Columbia Restaurant's signature 1905 salad, actually invented in the 1940s. Then fast forward to 1961, when the Junior League of Tampa debuted its Gasparilla cookbook, which included its prize-winning Florida Orange Grove pie. And we've got a conversation with celebrity chef Lazarus Lynch, who's spreading the word about his Southern cuisine using a very modern kitchen staple, social media. We've got timeless classics today on The Zest. Support for The Zest podcast comes from Seitenbacher brand natural foods like muesli cereals, oils, oatmeal, energy bars, gluten-free fruit gummies for the kids, organic coffee, and more. Available in supermarkets, health food stores, or online at seitenbacher.com. The Columbia Restaurant has been a Tampa institution since 1905. Founded by Cuban immigrant Casimiro Hernandez Sr. and still in the family, the restaurant is world-renowned for its Cuban sandwich. Almost as famous is the Columbia Restaurant's 1905 salad. It was actually created in the 1940s. The Zest producer, Dalia Colon, visits the Ybor City restaurant to get the story and recipe from fifth-generation owner, Andrea Gonsmart-Williams. Well, the story behind the 1905 salad, we actually had a server, I want to say in the 40s, I think. His name was Tony. He had come over from a different restaurant, and when he came over, he brought a lot of customers with him. Well, one night when he went home from his shift, he was starving, and he went in his refrigerator, and he got every kind of ingredient that he could find to make a salad because he had lettuce. So he's like, this is going to be great. So then he started making these salads, whatever, whatever ingredients he can find for the customers. Well, eventually my great grandfather caught wind of it and he's like, well, we could make this into something. And so the 1905 salad was born. So it was born, but it was not born in 1905. No, it was not. <laughs> Fun fact. Okay, so uh, what are we looking at here in the bowl? Okay, any base of a 1905 salad is going to start with iceberg lettuce. And a lot of people say, well, why iceberg? Why not romaine? Iceberg has that crispiness that can really uphold to the 
dressing because the dressing is our 1905 dressing. It's got base of Spanish extra virgin olive oil, garlic, oregano, white wine vinegar. So the iceberg lettuce... It's kind of like the workhorse of the lettuces. <laughs> Pretty much. It's the base of this awesome, great salad. So after you go from the iceberg, we have diced tomatoes. We have Swiss cheese. We have Spanish green olives. And the original 1905 salad has julienne ham in it. Now, when you come to the Columbia, you can also get it with julienne turkey. And you can also get it with our shrimp balajillo, which is shrimp sauteed and um, extra virgin olive oil and garlic. You kind of can't go wrong with any of them. And for people who are vegetarians like you, you can just get it without the meat. I would do that. So when making your 1905 salad, you add your 1905 dressing. That's a kind of a lot of dressing that you just poured on there. Um, does that surprise people? It can surprise people, but when they take their first bite, they get it. And there's also a lot of garlic in there. So you always have to hope the person next to you is having a 1905 salad too. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to be the only one. And then what a lot of people forget to do when they're at home making this is they forgot they forget to add a half of a lemon. The lemon gives it that extra acidity that otherwise you'd be missing. And then one of our secret ingredients, which is really not so secret, is Worcestershire. And what we came to find out is actually we are the number one user of Lean Parents in the world because of our 1905 salad dressing. That's crazy. And that's one of those things that if someone tried to recreate it at home, they might leave out that ingredient. And if you forget the Worcestershire, it does not taste the same. I'm one of those, I like putting extra Worcestershire, but we're going to make it the classic way for you today. Okay. I'm trying not to say Worcestershire because I've never been good at pronouncing that word. <laughs> Try spelling it. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so we just put the Worcestershire in. You probably do about three healthy little dashes in there. And then we top it with freshly grated Romano cheese. Okay. And it's a pretty salad, too. All the colors, the red from the tomato, the green from the lettuce, the light yellow of the cheese. And after you add everything into the bowl, basically at that point, you have to toss it. And the great thing about this salad is once you know the base of it, you can make it for two people. You can make it for four people. It's one of those salads that you could probably make ahead without putting the dressing in it and put it in the fridge if you're having company over and you toss it right before dinner. And also make the dressing in advance. I always say the long, the farther in advance you make the 1905 dressing, the better it tastes. That's our secret here and why the olive oil is so just infused with the garlic and the oregano flavors. And it smells great. Just the oil, the spices. And at the Columbia, you can get a full portion. Or you, if you want to just get your 1905 salad fix and have a half portion before your entree, we can do all of that for you. It's like part of the experience. You can't come here and not get the 1905 salad. Well, and that's one of the great things about the Columbia is we do so many things table side. And so the 1905 salad is one of those things you can watch your server build at your table. Thank you so much. And uh, should we give it a taste? Sure. I see what you mean about the dressing because when you were pouring it on it looked like way too much but when you <laughs> taste it it's just right good i'm glad you like it all right let's wrap this up so we can finish the salad <laughs> thank you so much for coming to see us at the columbia thank you That was Andrea Gonsmart-Williams of the Columbia Restaurant speaking with Dalia Cologne. You can find the recipe for the 1905 salad on our website, thezestpodcast.com. 
Now, another recipe from that iconic Junior League cookbook, the Gasparilla. This time, we're going to try the Florida Orange Grove Pie. The Junior League of Tampa's Gasparilla Cookbook, first published in 1961, is still a go-to gift for bridal showers and housewarmings. It's kind of a time capsule for Tampa Bay cuisine. Back in the day, the Florida Orange Grove Pie recipe won grand prize in the All Florida Orange Dessert Contest. It'll win you over today. I visited the Junior League of Tampa's headquarters on Davis Islands for a baking lesson with the Junior League's Stephanie Haas. Hey, Stephanie. Hey there. Okay, so what did you bring for us? Um, I brought the Orange Grove Pie. Um, and this is not only one of the, well, it is the most famous um, recipe in our book. It's featured in Southern Living consistently for the last 60 years. So we're pretty Southern confident. Living Magazine. Yes. Yes. Okay. So let's look at this. Where's the recipe? Um, so this is the Florida Orange Grove Pie. The Florida Orange Grove Pie Grand Prize winner, second All Florida Orange Dessert Contest. Mrs. Myrtle I. Rizdahl, thank you very much for this recipe. <laughs> Okay, Stephanie, so tell me about this pie. Okay, so you start with a meringue. The meringue's the crust for this one. So it's, it almost um, is like a pavlova. Ah, it's a pavlova. It pretty much is. I think many pavlovas call for vinegar in the recipe. This doesn't, but it, it mimics one. Um, so when you've made the meringue, you spread it in a deep dish pie dish and bake it at 275. Also, you um, we covered the sides with walnuts. Another option if you're allergic to nuts is coconut. I think that would taste great with it too. Um, so you have a meringue, a meringue crust, and then you are making a curd, an orange curd. I like the fact that it calls for five Florida oranges. Yes, absolutely. Did you make sure you didn't use California oranges? That might've been the problem with the first one. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you um, so you have a curd, and then um, you whip up a whipped cream, and then you'll fold that into the curd, and so it makes that nice thick um, filling that we're looking at. Whipped cream. It looks really pretty. And then, so all of the recipes that you see online that have been copied from this, um, they section everything off very, very pretty. So you have a nice fan of, of orange slices. I personally enjoy just piling it on there and having at it. Um, so that's my thing. It's all about <laughs> what you really enjoy. Well, this looks really pretty um, the way you're doing so. it. Very nice. This is for company. So course, Stephanie, yeah. have you made this before? Um, I've made it twice this week. <laughs> <laughs> but had you made it? No, no, I haven't made it um, before that. Um, but You think you'll make it again? I think I will. I really like the meringue crust, and it, it is a pavlova. Well, I think that we need to taste this. All right, um, how are we scooping this out, Stephanie? So in an ideal world, um, it would be with a pie server. Um, we do not have one here right now, so we are spooning it out. Um, but as you can well, see... even a pie server, because it's, yeah. it's like pudding, yeah. really. Yeah. Is yeah. it supposed to be like that? Yeah. And actually, it's been sitting out for like a few hours, so... <laughs> so no, it's okay. It's yeah. So it's like a pavlova, where yeah. you usually put like fruit in the middle. This is kind of like a fruit pudding. Right, right. And I mean, there's nothing in it that's going to cause it to harden in the fridge besides, you know, just the normal curd. So there's like no gelatin in it. There's nothing in there that's going to help it to keep its shape. 
Oh. If that makes sense. Right. There's mm-hmm. no gelatin in it, so it's no. not going to get hard. Right. It's it's more like a pudding. Right. Okay, let's try this. I'm going to take some of the meringue and some of the filling. That's just a whole lot of deliciousness right there. So I really Good. like how smushy it is inside, the meringue. Um, so it has one, like a nice hard outside, but inside it's almost like a candy, like a just a really soft candy. Like so a creamy. Like it's you know what it is? It's like a it's it's a melted cream sickle. Yes. Inside a pavlova. It's super with, delicious. With and orange slices. <laughs> it's like there's, there's nothing that's not good here. There's <laughs> something for everyone. Stephanie, thank you so much. This was a lot of fun. Thank you. Thank you. That was the Florida Orange Grove Pie from the Gasparilla Cookbook of the Junior League of Tampa. And that was Stephanie Haas taking us through the recipe. You can get the recipe for the Junior League of Tampa's Florida Orange Grove Pie on our website, thezestpodcast.com. For 21st century chefs, a social media presence is practically as important as a good set of knives. Lazarus Lynch is at the top of his game, in the kitchen and online, being a two-time Chopped champion and host of Snapchat's first cooking show, Chopped You, and the Food Network's digital series, Comfort Nation. His cookbook, Son of a Southern Chef, is part love letter to his late father and part celebration of soul, spirit, and style. Laz's smashing Instagram account illustrates his love of food and fashion, and the cookbook drips with the same colorful, modern vibe. In a conversation with the Zest contributor Janet Keeler, Laz gives the behind-the-scenes story of the cookbook's recipes and the -the over-the-top fashion photo shoots. Well, let me just say this about the cookbook. You had me at coconut. There's so many great coconut recipes in the book, including a shrimp and crazy creamy cheddar grits. And I'm a big shrimp and grits person. But I don't think I've ever seen a recipe that has a can of unsweetened, full-fat coconut milk in the grits. Tell me about that. Yeah. Well, first of all, I grew up in a home where coconut milk and heavy cream were sort of equal equal partners. Um, my father brought the heavy cream over from Alabama. My mother brought the coconut milk from Guyana. So throughout the book, you know, my goal was to really celebrate my heritage and to celebrate the ingredients that really represented my childhood. So grits, I say in the beginning of that, sort of the head note of that recipe you just described, which is delicious, uh, that, you know, I never put salt in my grits. I always kind of grew up with a kid that liked his grits to taste like farina, and I liked it sweet. Um, but as I got older, I, I developed a palate for the savory flavor of grits. And as in all of my recipes, you know, the goal was to always elevate them, modernize them, and to unite cultures together. And so here's grits, which are very traditional Southern um, coarse, you know, corn ground meal porridge that met the coconut milk of my mother's childhood. And that's what I wanted to do with that recipe. I can't wait to try this recipe. It sounds so different and so interesting. Your opening forward in the book is lovely. The tribute you give to your father, who was a chef, like you said, from Alabama. Unfortunately, he passed in 2015, and this cookbook is clearly a love letter to him. Oh, for sure. You know, my dad was a amazing chef, but more than that, he was an amazing man. And I learned so much from him about what it meant to 
you know, take charge of your life and, and take responsibility for the world you live in. And um, he did that by example. He led by example. He was an entrepreneur. He owned several businesses in his lifetime, the restaurant being the last of his several businesses. And that sort of began the passion for me uh, to love food and love cooking. And one of the things that I wanted to celebrate in the book is authenticity. Well, I think that comes across. In your situation, you're such an internet star with your smashing Instagram account and the Snapchat shows and everything else. So you'd have to be authentic here, right? You already have a lot of people that know about you. Yeah. You know what's interesting, though? It's This is a different level of, of sharing myself. You know, the... The, the shows and even on Instagram, you know, there's sort of, it's here today and it's gone tomorrow. You know, we also live in a digital world where things only are significant for 24 hours and then they're forgotten about. But here with the book, it's a moment in time, you know, it's written in the pages. And so 20 years from now, you know, people will be able to go back and, and look at this. And that's what I'm very excited about. Well, let's talk about the recipes. What are some of your favorite recipes in the book? I have so many. I really do. My dad's peach cobbler is a favorite. Um, Also his coleslaw. You know, there's my collard green salad with crispy bacon, which is delicious. I have a jerk spice grilled corn with coconut confetti. Yum. You know, I've got my drunken cherry double chocolate almond brownies. (laughs) Oh, do you? Yeah, because of the coconut. It's so, so wonderful. Mm-hmm. You love coconut. So, you know, we have the Mexican churros in there as well. So I'm from New York City and I grew up in Queens where it's just like the most diverse borough for food. But, you know, I'd always see these uh, um, Mexican women with their carts filled with Mexican churros in New York. And so it, it was so sort of just special to me. And I thought, I want to put a churro recipe in my cookbook. It's not <laughs> Southern. It's not even Guyanese, but it's very New York in my world. And why not? And and that also has some, uh, you know, coconut like ganache um, inside of it. So it, and it's delicious. What about this double chocolate strawberry ice cream sandwiches? If I'm going to make that, when do I serve it? Well, I would serve that, you know, right at the end of a meal. I would serve that for like a party. I don't know if people do sleepovers anymore. It's kind of like a childish thing, right? But like if you have some friends who are staying over, even family from out of town, you can totally make the cookie dough separately. You can even freeze the cookies after they've been baked and then thaw them out and sandwich them. You know, they're great to eat by themselves, just the cookies alone. But you could also sandwich them. What I like to do is fill them with some strawberry ice cream. If you're a pistachio mint person, you know, whatever your favorite ice cream is, you can put them in the middle of that. And it's just like a great summer dessert. Very versatile, too. I don't know why I have to wait until the end of a meal, but I guess you said I do. So <laughs> No, you can totally break that rule. <laughs> so that's the other thing about the book is that there really are no rules. Well, that's very clear. And yet for someone who cooks, there are a lot of new things to try, which is a bonus. One more recipe. The asparagus got a crush on potato. This would be good for my vegetarian friends, right? Absolutely. It would be delicious for them. There's so many others, too, that are vegetarian forward. The bearberry spiced eggplant on the grill. Um, This is also really good summer food. You know, you can just throw some fingerling potatoes on and grill the asparagus. You can also do this in your oven if you want at 375, a little bit of olive oil, salt and pepper, you know, and just roast it in the oven. But yeah, I've always loved potatoes. And I kind of joke about that in the book, how I make an excuse to have like three different (laughs) potato dishes in in the book just because. And uh, this is actually a version, if you will, of a potato salad. Now, I know people are going to come for me for that because potato salad is known to be a very specific thing, but I like to branch out and I like to experience what else could potatoes do? What else do they want to be? 
Um, and that's a great recipe for that. I think so, too. And I know what you're saying because it doesn't have mayonnaise, but that makes a great picnic food for a potluck or something because it doesn't have to be refrigerated. Exactly. Exactly. Can you describe your fashion and what your inspiration is? I am an artist at heart, and I say first and foremost, I'm an artist. And so fashion for me has never, it's never been as expressive for me as it's been in the past like two years. And I think that there's a lot of conversation about personal growth and personal acceptance and even around my my sexuality and grappling with the truth of who I am. And so being liberated in those ways have naturally allowed me to feel liberated in how I express myself through clothes or through fashion. And so what I really wanted it to say was that, you know, this is an expression of love. This is an expression of truth. And so how do we represent that through the photos? How do we represent that through what I'm wearing? How do we represent that through what's on my head? And that really was the inspiration. We did the book in my apartment. You know, we shot most of it in my living room and don't have a huge space. And so we really just made the most of what we had. But that's that was the mantra of my father. That's what he learned to do from his mother. That That is what I've learned to do by watching his hustle and flow is just to use what you got. You know, and that's kind of what make it gravy means. I say make it gravy all the time. It's my slogan. Um, and it really is just a, a empowerment statement for people to make it whatever it is. Make it gravy, make it pop, make it wow. You know, and that's that's what I love to do. I appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. I wish you so much luck on this cookbook. It's a ton of fun and it's a beautiful looking book. I'm looking forward to making some more dishes out of it. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. That was Janet Keeler speaking with Lazarus Lynch about his cookbook, Son of a Southern Chef. You can find the recipes for Laz's Asparagus Got a Crush on Potato and Double Chocolate Strawberry Ice Cream Sandwiches on our website, thezestpodcast.com. While you're there, sign up for our newsletter. And if you missed our show last week, we've got a recipe for killer coconut macaroons. Plus, Dr. Barbecue tells us how to cook the best turkey of your life. I'm Robin Sussingham. Dalia Colon and I produce The Zest with help from Megan Trimble, Mark Hayes, and Craig George. The Zest is a production of WUSF Public Media.